This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Mark Garrett Hayes. Mark is the author of Sales Coaching Essentials, described by Matt Dixon, who's the author of The Challenger Sale, as a must-read for any sales leader and shortlisted as a finalist at the 2023 UK Business Book Awards. He works with sales leaders in technology and SaaS businesses, helping them to build a sales coaching culture. He's passionate about helping sales leaders empower their salespeople and dramatically boost both performance and revenue. Thanks so much for being here today, Mark. Pleasure. Thrilled to have you here. Um, I love this whole idea of coaching Mm -hmm. salespeople. And I was wondering if you would share with the listeners what the difference is between training and coaching. Okay. I think simplistically, training is something we do when we give people information. So, for example, we give people, let's say, product information. We give them sales training. We walk them through some kind of compliance training. It's giving people the the knowledge and the skills to do something with something. Coaching is when we ensure that people use that thing and get results from that thing. And that's that's my definition. I think of training as information, but coaching is transformation. Ah, okay. Well, then this is probably going to sound like a silly question, but why is coaching important? Well, think of it this way way. If you imagine that we have a sales team and that sales team is being given training, that comes at a cost to the business in different ways. First of all, you're taking people away from the front line. You're taking individual contributors away from that uh, the coalface, and that has a revenue implication. Secondly, when you think of the cost of a really good training program, it can be in the thousands or tens of thousands or even more dollars, euros, pounds, etc. So what we have to ask ourselves is what's the outcome? You know, how do I ensure that I get return on investment, return on training investment, ROTI? And coaching is one of the things, not the only thing, but a very important intervention to ensure that people see training as an investment in them and that coaching generates a return on investment from them. So if I position training well, 
it lands well, well, people are looking forward to it and see how it's an investment in them, not just some kind of interruption of their selling time. Coaching is the opportunity to help people realize that you want something back from them for investing in them. And people then feel accountable for generating some kind of ROI from the training that they've been given. When we invest thousands without any payback, that's a mistake. Coaching is something which we can use to help people be accountable for the investment in them and generate results. If I think of um, Salesforce training, for example, I want to know that people are not just saying, hey, that was great, but now they're actually using Salesforce and that's leading to a measurable improvement. Similarly, if I give people some kind of training, as I do, for example, I'm working on a program right now, walking sales managers through an 11-week program on how to coach. I want them to use that, and the business expects me to show how they will use that. And so what we do is we ensure people are taking that seriously, look forward to it, use it, and get results from it. Okay, that that's great. And But it feels to me like... There's a lot of sales managers out there who um, like don't believe that they need to be coaching or they don't think they can coach. They don't want to. What is going on out there? Yeah, that's a good point. I think fundamentally people in any leadership capacity, whether it's in sales or something else, if you have responsibility for people, you have actual responsibility for their growth and development. And part of the job description of nearly every leader, particularly in sales, is coaching. And I've said this several times to people, and people have said to me, yes, that's true, actually. It's something I, I've been asked to do. But sometimes the organization does not hold people accountable for doing it. Mm. And we have this strange situation where people know they should be coaching, but aren't coaching. Why? Well, typically three reasons which you've touched upon. One, they don't feel they have to coach. It's not something they're um, held accountable for doing, which is kind of strange because we hold people accountable in other ways. Why not coaching? Secondly, they don't perhaps feel it's something that's a priority. Other things get in the way. And maybe they don't know how to do it at all because they've not been shown. And this speaks to the culture. If other people aren't coaching, why should I coach? If other people aren't coaching me, how do I know how to coach? So it's a strange situation whereby we expect something of people, but we don't ensure they do it or know how to do it. And that's one of the reasons. I, I cannot think of a single sales manager who does not know that coaching is part of their job description because it's there in black and white. But perhaps the organization doesn't hold them accountable for it or model coaching as a behavior so that people say, I need to coach my people. And if we're not coaching our people, something happens. First of all, we live in a very competitive environment for sales talent right now. Arguably, if people aren't being coached, they will go somewhere else where someone else will coach them. Right? Yeah, right. Because they can. Because they can. They've got options, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it, it's so, th this is interesting. I think the accountability thing is huge because that's what I encounter, I think. Most organizations do not have really um, robust or even meaningful accountability systems in, in place. So, like, no one wants to hold anybody accountable 
to anything. And I, I was doing a training last week and uh-huh. someone asked a question about something along those lines. And I said, if there's no consequence, there's no reason, right? right. If, if I know there yeah. isn't a consequence, I have no reason to do whatever it is you want me to do. So that, you know, organizations have to back it up. The organization needs to realize how important the coaching is. So while they're investing in making sure their salespeople know how to coach, they also it's got to be something that they know they have to do. Yeah, coaching is a great vehicle for ensuring accountability. <laughs> and if you think of a very simple model, which most people know or have heard of called GROW, we establish a goal. We ask people to think of the, the facts, the reality as they see it, uh, any possible impediments or obstacles that they they identify, the options where they think of what they could do, taking responsibility, which of course means you have an ability to choose a response to a situation, responsibility, getting them to come up with those options and then choose one, and then the coach can hold them accountable for, for doing that thing. And if we're not doing this, then what are we doing? Because we need people to own a territory, own an account, own a target. And ownership is linked to accountability for that target, for that territory, right? So coaching is a natural vehicle to ensure that people are doing what they're asked to do and getting results from it. It just is amazing how we don't prioritize something which is so fundamental to results from people. Everyone needs coaching. I do. Absolutely. Right. Right, of course, but but it is interesting because you know you talk about the autonomy and the ownership and the responsibility. How do we encourage that in salespeople? Yeah, great question. I think it begins with hiring coachable people. Yeah. Um, when you think of it, it's amazing how many salespeople leave it to HR to decide the composition of your of your team or their team. And if you, one of my favorite programs on Netflix is Chef's Table. And these people are absolutely focused on ensuring that the right people are in their brigade, in their kitchen, at those stations. Mm. If you think of it that way, you realize that people have a role to play, not just in their success, but your success. You want people who are coachable. You want people who take feedback, who listen to what you're saying and adjust what they're doing according to what you're saying in a very simple way at interview time is perhaps to give people something to do, to perform, to show, to demonstrate, give them some feedback and watch how they respond. Do they ignore it? Do they sidestep it? And we can use simple tripwires like this to identify quickly the coachability of someone. If we don't have coachable people, it's gonna be very hard to coach people down the line once they're inside the door, sitting on one of your chairs at one of your desks. And if we're building a team of coachable people, accountable people, responsible people, your job is going to be easier than trying to coach the uncoachable. And quite frankly, Diane, there are people who we have to say are just not coachable. Yeah. Paradoxically, the people who often say they don't need coaching for some reason often are the people who exactly or specifically <laughs> need coaching. And, I, and again, and again, it's like Pareto's principle. You just think of that 80-20 rule. There's almost this strange 
fact in 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 the world of coaching and mentoring and development that the people who don't think they need it for some reason are the ones that do need it the most. Yeah. I wonder why that is, but it's true. <laughs> it definitely is true. Yeah, well, they're not terribly self-aware. So maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So then there's also this this weird, sticky uh call it challenge when you're coaching your team and you're helping them be responsible and autonomous about how do you know when you need to step in and when you just need to hold back? Yeah, there is no right answer here because it's very situation specific. It's person specific. It could be opportunity specific. Mm -hmm. There are times when you actually want people to fail in a safe space, in a safe way. So they learn from that experience. If we're all the time picking people up, one, it distracts you from your job. Two, they don't learn anything from doing their job. You have to use your judgment. And I'm reminded of something which many people listening will know from Ken Blanchard way back in the, I think, 60s or 70s, something called SL2 or situational leadership, which means that leadership is strongly predicated on the circumstance and the context. Some people might not benefit from being coached because they're high performers and they've got it. They just need some kind of support. Whereas your C players might need some kind of increased skills and development, some kind of delegation, some kind of task sharing where they grow on their own. Your D players are people who are probably have a really bad attitude and just don't have that high enough aptitude. But your B players are the people who will respond well to coaching, and that's where you coach. Now, I'm reminded of, of Matt Dixon's book, The Challenger Sale, and he addresses this idea that what part of their research seems to suggest, and I'm perhaps quoting without the book in front of me, is that um, your payoff is probably not from your A players when it comes to coaching. Your payoff is going to be on identifying who is your B player has a healthy attitude to your time investing in them and is accountable and responsible for generating results as a result of your coaching. I can't say who that is, but there's this strange paradigm when we put people in those four boxes, and I'm not suggesting we put people in boxes um, or, or even tell people we're putting them in boxes, but when you stand back and look at your team through that prism, you realize, hey, there are people where I could coach them, but it may not just lead to fundamental change. My time is limited as a leader. I need to be strategic here. Who's the person or people that have the right attitude, may not have all the aptitude, but with coaching, they'll develop the altitude. And that's the trick. It's very much person-specific, circumstance-specific. I'm not dodging the question here, but I there's a recipe here, but you have to know what the ingredients are. And it's by looking at your people through that prism. And I found situation leadership is a brilliant tool to get you to think as a leader about your people, who is in which box and why, where can I move them next? Some people in box D might be, you know, candidates for sayonara, goodbye. They're on the way out, the unsalvageable. Um, but the wisdom is in knowing the difference between one person who is going to respond to coaching and someone else who just will not. And it'll break your heart because some people you want to save, but they're just not savable. Um, they will not respond to coaching. They just do not get that. 
And you're going to save yourself a lot of time and energy by figuring out who that person is or people are as soon as possible. I, I think that is spot on. I, I love that. Because this is, this is one of the, I will say, especially to, I've always felt this way about salespeople, but even you can even expand it to in this environment we are in where people are really being very selective about where they work. It feels like we more than ever need to be dealing with each employee based on who they are, right? And what Mm -hmm. they need and what their skill sets are and what they're telling us will help them be successful. And yes, there are the D players, right? But we, we don't, you know, sales managers have a tendency historically to say, this is how I was successful. Do it this way. And that's right. just not Copy realistic. Paste. Yeah, right. Yeah. And salespeople just, everyone's got their own way of motoring, really. Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out. And if you're a desktop warrior spending time behind your laptop, not desk side time, you're going to miss these cues that tell you this is what this person is doing, why they're in your team, how they see themselves playing a role in your team, and what they need from you as the leader of the team. Definitely. Right. You got to be with them, right? You got to be paying attention, asking those questions with a real true interest in discovering who they are and how you can best help them be successful. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I often think that when I'm hiring, I'm not hiring a who, which is the person. I'm hiring the why. I'm hiring the thing that that person brings, that that thirst, that desire, that hunger, mm. that reason to succeed. Because when I'm not there or when their leader's not there, they're driving themselves. They're yeah. accountable to themselves. And it's funny how some people have that more than others, and I'm not sure why. It's, it's something that we cannot see. It's in the black box. It's in their mind, between their ears, in their heart. What is that thing that makes this person get up and go? And I've I've sometimes found that in some people who've come from a particular background, they might have had some experiences where they've had to run a business and they know what it means to, you know, to really hustle. Uh, some people have come in with a chip on the shoulder. They haven't been to college. There wasn't money in the family. And they've got this real desire to succeed. Or there's something else that maybe speaks to their own inner belief about themselves and what they're here to do. And um, there's a lovely phrase in, in Irish, which is the language that my parents speak and, you know, 
I had in school growing up, didn't speak it very well. And it's this, Isma Antanlan Antokris, which to people who don't speak Irish means nothing. It sounds like Egyptian or something, I don't know, Arabic, but it means hunger is a good source. And for years I thought, what does that mean? Hunger is a good source. Hunger is what makes everything taste good, or thirst is what makes a particular drink taste good. It's not the actual drink itself, it's the anticipation and the appreciation of that thing. And there's so much psychology here. When you hire someone, you're hiring a why, not a who. What is that thing that drives this person when you're not there, makes them get up, makes them prospect, makes them call, makes them organize themselves? That's the stuff that we've defined. And it's tough. It's tough because we can't see into people's hearts and minds. But through conversation, through coaching, we just might get a, a little taste of what it is that, that makes that person tick and talk. And uh, I think this is where coaching comes in. What is that person's why? This is why I often grow. Um, in fact, it is why grow begins with a G, the goal. It's not just the goal on the table. It's the goal in the person's heart and mind. If we can find that, we can leverage this. It's so easy to, to judge people and copy and paste a leadership style. But when you think, as you said, Diana, everyone, everyone needs their own uh, approach uh, to paraphrase you we've got to find out through conversation what that person is and what's driving them exactly and it's different for different people and i would yes. submit it can be different depending on where they are in their life yes yes right? true cuz i know when i was a salesperson we would have these goals and the reward would be um a trip to california or somewhere i don't remember now but I had two very small children at the time, like, you know, five and two or something. And all I could think of was that doesn't motivate me at all. Like, give me the money because there's no, it's going to cost me money <laughs> yeah, to take that true. trip. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but now that they're adults, that would be a great motivator for me. California, so, here I come. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's so true. We, we have to pay attention to that. Like, I think about my daughter who, um, got a, a semi-sales job. She's a recruiter. And they asked her during the interview, what motivates you? And she said, her first thing she said was, uh, you know, being helpful to people. And she said, her second thing was money. And the guy who interviewed her said, I was really hoping that that was one of your top answers because that's going to get you getting up in the morning and doing this thing, regardless of how you feel. And she is totally self-motivated and driven like mm. I've never seen her or any, uh, I mean, it is, and she's killing it. And and they just look at her and just say to her, as of yesterday, her coworker said to her, what are you doing? And she just looked at him and she said, step it up. You know, she was just like, I, I, I can't tell you what I'm doing. I'm working. I'm making these calls. I'm doing my thing. You do the same thing. It's not like rocket science, you know, what she's doing, but they've they found her and they coach her well and they support her and they give her the resources that she needs. And she knows she can at any time say, I don't understand this, or you know, I need that, or I'm struggling here or there, and, and they're totally there for her. It's amazing to me. I, I guess, you know, it's amazing because I don't see this very often, unfortunately. But you feel it. I mean, you, you can oh, sense it. Yeah. It comes across. Yeah. yeah. Hard to put your put your hands on that thing or put your fingers on it yeah. and say, what is that thing? But it's yeah. in the person's heart and mind. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Some of the people I've 
hired and it's it's been accidental actually i can't claim credit for this but some people who've come from a sports background have this in in bucket loads as well because they have this um discipline over years of getting up early running let's say in the dark or practicing something against the wall bang 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 uh screw up stuff up get back up bang 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 and it's not hard for them because it's drilled into them it's like their dna to to self drive self motivate and they're they're not too difficult to manage in my experience compared to other people who haven't got that background of mm. of routine and um you know maybe a particular diet or exercise routine or something else because they're used to failing they're used to not winning a match or a game or something and they have that psychology that it's just part of their evolution they're not going to sit in a corner and and feel sorry for themselves it's rough it's tough it's get back up right and, and um, part of what drives them right and that's it yeah so can you find people like that it's it's harder yeah this is why i don't think a lot of sales recruitment works very well because we're not paying attention to some stuff like this we're looking at the superficial what I call the retrospective what has someone done in the past yeah. what about the perspective what will they do for you what are they bringing to the table it's more yeah. than just their CV or resume yeah and and oh I just love that because that retrospective doesn't necessarily tell you who they are and right. and how they're going to work for you because they could have been in an environment that just wasn't motivating for them wasn't conducive to for mm-hmm. you know them to be successful so true um, Wow. All right. So are there are there certain skills that you think a sales manager needs in order to be able to coach a sales team? I think it's got to be there's an element of emotional intelligence here. You need to I would say be curious about people. You've got to be curious about people's beliefs curious about their experience their perspective when you think of it this is what makes every great salesperson great is this ability to ask really good questions yeah. you know what's going on what are you using how long's that been the case and what do you not like about this and if you could do this differently what would you do and what have you tried all those kinds of questions so if you take this and apply this to people it's it's pretty much the same thing and in questioning we're mirroring the kind of behavior we want salespeople to emulate asking questions being curious not you know coming in with a, a script and dropping things on people but just taking time to ask questions to understand and maybe to reflect and i think that uh everyone with practice can do this so being being curious secondly listening actively listening is tough we live in the age of dig- digital distraction yeah. as it's been called all kinds of things bleeping and making sounds and all kinds of things we can look at um every day slack or some email or something like that it's finding the time and carving out that time with people it's prioritization of conversation prioritization of conversation it's saying the most important assets i have are my people the most important strategic asset that we all have are people what time can i find to lock in 30 minutes with someone once a month or hopefully more than that and and make that golden time make that time that I have just with that person on this topic so one topic 
one person for one half hour, something like that. So coaching only really happens when you make it happen. Otherwise, it's just an intention or a notion, which really means nothing at all. So there's no rocket science here. Coaching is great conversation. It's showing curiosity. It's listening actively, reflecting, sharing, helping people to almost listen to themselves, espouse their thinking. And I have a call every single day for four minutes, work days, from my coach, Shama, who just checks in with me, asks me about my goals for the day, what have I done or not done, why I've not done those things, without making me feel I have to justify myself. And it just reminds me of something that I promised myself I would do. Keeps accountability on my side of the table, not hers, and helps me then to reprioritize that thing so I get back on track. That, again, is not necessarily difficult. But you've got to be interested in what people prioritize and help them then to prioritize for their own reasons, not for you to take this on your plate and do it for them. But taking that time, whether it's five minutes or perhaps 35, 45 minutes, if it's a longer topic, like a performance review, that comes down to your commitment to your people. If you can't make your commitment to them, why would they make their commitment for productivity and results to you? Right. It's a two-way street. Right. Yeah, boy, th th this is so great, Mark. I, I love this information. And I really appreciate the conversation. Will you tell the listeners how they can find you and, and your book, please? Sure. The book is called Sales Coaching Essentials. Uh, Matt Dixon, Jeb Blunt, and Mike Weinberg were super kind to give me feedback and uh, help me and um, give me kind reviews. And the website is www.salescoacher.com, C-O-A-C-H-R.com. It's a work in progress. <laughs> it's being redone right now. But you can reach me on simply mark at salescoacher.com. M-A-R-K at salescoacher, S-A-L-E-S-C-O-A-C-H-R, no E, coacher.com, or simply on LinkedIn, Mark Garrett Hayes. And of course, just like you have a great podcast. I've won. I'm constantly learning from people like you, Diane. Mine is Sales Coacher or The Sales Coach Podcast. And you have a, a picture of me grinning, um, <laughs> the cheesy <laughs> grinning on this artwork, uh, blue and orange artwork. So you'll find me online somewhere like that. Excellent. That is great. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I, I, you know, this is one of my favorite subjects. So the sales. So this was wonderful. Thank you. Again, I totally appreciate you spending this time with us. My pleasure, Diane. And listeners, thank you. You are who we're doing this for. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again, on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Welcome to Don't Retire, Graduate, the podcast that asks you what you want to be when you grow up so you can graduate into retirement with a purpose and a passion, whether you're 25, 85, or any age in between. Gain actionable financial and mindset tips from your favorite authors, podcasters, and influencers to help you reach that exciting next chapter. 
Listen now and start building your path to financial freedom and reframing what retirement can mean to you. This is your host, Eric Brotman, reminding you, don't retire, graduate. 